0: So good to be with you guys. I, I was saying to somebody, I think it's been like six years since I've been here on a Sunday morning. Um, so it's good. It's good I'll to see some familiar faces. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you, Summer. Thank you, Mark, for having me. What I'm going to be talking about today is one of those stories you've probably heard a million times, uh, which is Frederick Beekner says, it becomes too familiar to hear anymore. Um, Luke 15 12 through 32. Anybody know, Bible scholars, what that parable is? Prodigal son. Boom. Nailed it. Prodigal son, right? So be careful if your eyes glaze over because um, you've heard it so, so much. For me, growing up in Southern Baptist Church, I heard this story over and over and over, and it was about sin management. It was about sin, sin, sin. You are the prodigal son. Be more like God. God loves you, but you're a really bad person. (laughs) Um, And that was about the extent of my interpretation of the story. And so about 10 years ago, I was reading uh, Henry Nowen's Return of the Prodigal. Anybody read that book? Just amazing book. And he said... This, Though I am both the younger son and the elder son, I am not to remain them, but to become the father. So he identified that he was all three characters. And all of a sudden, my brain just... It began to break down uh, this story and make it much, much richer for me. Uh, And then I began the process of of realizing like this is the story of all of us. I am the prodigal. Yes, but I am the elder brother. And my goal is to be like the father. And that got me really thinking, and so for the last 4 years, I worked on this passage and wrote a book about it and excited to share some of my findings with you today. Each of the characters of the parable are alive in each of us. They are constantly at work and moving us towards transformation. So we're going to be talking about three realms. Pretty easy here. The sun realm, the elder realm, and the father realm. Okay? Going to take you through each of these realms, and these realms can become a roadmap towards our transformation, both for yourself and those who you walk alongside. So I've asked Heather to read the scripture for us. And, uh, yeah, even though you've heard it a bunch, keep your, keep your mind engaged because we're going to take a little bit of a, of a turn. here.
1: Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pig were, pigs were eating. All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me. everything I have is yours but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found Amen
0: Thank you Um, So hopefully that gives you a little refresher What I want to do now is I want to make a list of some attributes of each character, just to get us us thinking about each character individually. Okay, so we're going to start with the sun. All right, so whenever you think of something, we're just going to write random attributes uh, of of each character. Uh, Real quick, I am an awful speller. (laughs) Like, absolutely awful. So if there's a word that has more than probably three or four letters, I'm going to probably abbreviate. But we'll just roll with it, okay? (laughs) Um, So, let's just popcorn. What do you think? When you think of the sun, what comes up for you? Arrogant. Arrogant. (laughs) (laughs) A-R-R. Touche. That was funny. What else? Party boy. Party boy. I think I got that one too. Ah. Selfish? Selfish. Looking for adventure. Adventure. Adventure.
1: But else.
0: Humble. Say more about that. He was humble.
1: He he, mm-hmm. he lost everything, he was in trouble, he's going back home to ask
0: to be a yeah. servant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else? He came to his senses. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. missed it. He done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dick? enough? Anything else? Lost. Lost. (laughs) Holy Holy Spirit moment right here. Keith. You saw excitement and found humility. Okay. So adventure, humility, similar. Um, So, what are we going to say there? Her. Turning. yeah.
1: Teenager.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Alright, let's move one on one to the... One more. Uh, one more. These affirmations mistakes. Hmm. So learn mistakes. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Elder. What are some attributes of the elder that you guys picked up? Diligent. Diligent? Diligent? Yes. That's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> Illegit. Entitled. Entitled. Yes.
1: Um, Petty. Petty. Resentful. Hardworking.
0: Risk adverse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Hardworking. Loyal.
1: Yeah. The
0: good son. I'm going to put good in quotes there. Okay? <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. Entitled. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, I got entitled, definitely. Uh, judgmental. That's yeah. Judgmental. Okay. Anything else before we move on? Envious. Uh, safe. Safe, yes. And Envious. All right. Let's go to the Father. You probably can't even read any of that, but <laughs> get the idea. Father. Father. Ready? Generous.
1: Forgiving. Patient. Patient.
0: Lavish. Anything else? Wow. Father. Watching? Yeah. Patient?
1: Yep, got it. Patient? Merciful? Merciful. Compassionate? Passionate. Loves parties. <laughs> <laughs> party boy. yeah.
0: <laughs> A little different type of party boy, but definitely room. All right, so I just wanted to kind of get you guys in that mind frame of... And then we're going to go in a few directions um, and jump off some of these. Okay, so the first thing about the sun realm, I want to talk about shame. Okay, so shame of the sun. When he comes back, do you guys remember what's the first thing he he says? I'm not worthy. worthy. So the big categories I want you to take away for the sun realm is our shame and our self-hatred, our self-contempt. His words, I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and earth before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So shame attacks our worthiness. It's not just, you know, guilt is something different. When I do something bad, I feel guilt. When I feel shame, it's I didn't just do something wrong. I am wrong. I am bad. So shame attacks the core of who we are. Um, I'm no longer worthy. Treat me as one of your hired servants, right? Make me less. I hate myself, I am full of shame. For me, the sun realm looked like my thirteen year addiction to pornography. Um, growing up, my family we my parents broke up when I was about eight. we went on vacation and then didn 't go back uh, to my father um, my own, my father 's own addiction infidelity destroyed my family, and my mom didn't know how to talk didn 't know how to talk about it she was and completely betrayed. My father was a pastor, was a lawyer, um, <laughs> vice president of a Christian college, and everything exploded. So here I am, eight years old, trying to make sense of loneliness, depression, isolation. Uh, we moved three states away. I had no idea what was happening. And adolescence begins to come, and I begin to find pornography, and it's a it's a way to soothe. My anxious heart for some right. There's there's a there's an enticingness. There's a comfort to that. Little did I know that then it would begin to imprison me and nearly destroy me. Um, but that was the beginning of my son. Of my running away from my pain. The essence of the sun realm is escaping pain through, uh, i.e., addiction, shame, contempt. We are escaping heartache. I didn't know what to do as a youngster with my pain until many years later, many therapists later, that I began to deal with that broken little boy who was so hurt and so lonely, who who ended up, porn ended up parenting him in a way better than his own parents. I mean, it's a heartbreaking story. But that was what looked like the sun realm for me. Moving on to the elder brother realm. Entitled, we got that up there, judgmental, and I would argue other-centered contempt, not just self-hatred, but other-centered hatred. The, about this realm, it's, it's the same way. The elder is escaping internal pain as well. It just looks differently. It's, it's not the classic, you know, drug, sex, and rock and roll. He's escaping his pain through performance. The elder brother is motivated by duty rather than desire. This is the pull to the performance-based gospel that gives us the illusion of control. Can I get an amen? Amen. You guys know that? I know I do. This is the realm we must face our own entitlement, our own harsh judgment and contempt towards others, and our self-righteousness that makes us feel so powerful. The similar journey, as I said, to the elder brother, I mean, to the younger brother um, The elder brother answered to his father, look, these uh, many years I have served you, never disobeyed your commandments. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours, do you you hear that edge? Not my brother, the son of yours. I I imagine like spittle shooting out of his mouth on his father's face. um, Who has devoured your property with prostitutes, killed a fattened calf for him. Like, how dare you? How dare you? There's that contempt, that edge. This is where I see most of us in the church, and this is where I want to camp out a little bit. Um, we are not overtly bad. Some of us don't have these radical stories. Some of us do, the younger son stories, where we run off and do horrific things. But we are working so hard to be good that we miss the point of redemption. We are working so hard to earn God's favor that we miss God in the process. And in our, in our hard work, in our working so hard, we become entitled. We believe somehow God owes us. God owes us something. Um, I remember, and some of you know this, um, seven years ago we lost our firstborn son, and um, and I remember my wife saying, "I've been so good," and just weeping, like, "Why, God? I've been so good. I didn't. Th- I thought I was special. Why me?" And even in our most horrific tragedy, there's still that sense of entitlement that I've, again, I've been good. I've been a good son. Somehow we think. That because of our suffering, because of us toiling in the fields, that my sacrifice, my sweat, my blood, I can somehow be Jesus. That somehow my crucifixion can lead to my own resurrection. We replace ourselves with Jesus. Because my blood does not forgive sins. Our... um, it's, it's Jesus' blood that leads to resurrection. So how do we move beyond the elder brother realm? How do we move beyond this arrogance, this judgment? For me, and the clients that I now work with, I've been sober from pornography for about 11 years now, and now that's my only focus with the, the, the clients that I work with. I work with men in unwanted sexual behaviors uh, and sexual abuse. Um... And what I've realized in this work is that I am no different than these men. Though I have made different choices and I am no longer addicted, um, it's in me. There's a darkness still in me. For me to move beyond my entitlement and my judgment of the elder brother within me, I have to own my darkness and my light. Does that make sense? I have to own that I am capable of horrific things still and that I am an image bearer of God. I, My glory and my depravity are bound always. Same for you. My wife, she, she won't mind me telling this. I hope not. If you know her, she's like, I don't even like people. I'm like super introverted. I get all weird, but I like speaking. But my wife is like this glowing, like... You know, everybody loves her. And I'm just like, lock myself in the room, get away. Um, But then it's like her glory, right? She, She loves people so well. And it's like, will you like hang out with me? You know, will you like, she's got that loving, she's like such an elder brother. And she owns it. She realizes it. But like her glory and her depravity are bound. My glory and my depravity are bound. What makes me really good at my job as a therapist is because I know that darkness. I know that world. My darkness and my glory are bound. How How does that apply to you all? How do you move beyond the elder brother realm within you? And finally, we move to the father realm. This is my favorite one. This is a good one. Kindness. We, how do we integrate the Father within us? How do we... The Father is in us. The Father resides here. How do we integrate God's kindness, right? These attributes, loving, generous, forgiving, <clears throat> patient, lavish, watchful, mercy, compassion, the party, the resurrection, the celebration. How do we begin to live that out? The Father that lives within you. The first thing is kindness. Romans two four, says the kindness of God leads to repentance. The kindness of God leads to repentance. I didn't even talk publicly about my addiction because I had so much shame for about five or six years. I was already practicing therapy and I was actually leading a workshop on addiction and someone, I was facilitating questions, there's a panel, someone raised their hand and said, hey, how did you get into this? What What's your story of addiction? You know, something something like that. And all of a sudden, I said, well, because of my 13-year addiction to porn, and I freaked myself out, (laughs) because I had never publicly, like, said it, because I bore so much shame. And I, like, literally tried to grab the words back, and then I looked, there's probably 30 people in the room, I looked, and I was anticipating seeing shame and disgust on their face because that's what I did to myself so I projected that onto the audience but what I saw was their faces were soft they were all leaning forward tears in their eyes and they accepted me they showed me unconditional love and kindness towards my sin and then I was began to then get more confident like, okay I can share my story I can bless not curse because right, John ten ten, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The evil one wants me to curse my story, wants me to live in the sun realm and live in shame, so I can't be potent in my work for the kingdom. So the father's kindness, the father's gracious love towards both sons. Shows us that there is space to offer unconditional love to our shame, to our contempt, towards our entitlement, our judgment, and to extend grace to others. If we join the Father in this radical kindness towards our own sins and other sins and failures, we are no longer judging, but allowing God's kindness to guide us. Then we too can experience the restoration and celebration. Celebration. So kindness is a theme of the father realm. Finally, befriending grief. You say, how do, how do you get to this befriending grief with this story? What I argue in the book is that we can't. I think the father celebrated so crazy, like so lavishly speaks to actually how deeply he grieved. Because I think joy and grief are on a continuum. The deeper we allow ourselves to grieve, the deeper we allow ourselves to joy. The deeper we allow ourselves to grieve is the deeper we allow ourselves to love. That's why, um, you know, in our story of losing our son, the film, we grieved so boldly because I loved him so much. And that was the only way I could honor my grief. It was the only way I could honor my love and, and again, learn to live again after feeling uh, like I was dying. I think the father grieved boldly. He says from the uh, verse 31, son, you were always with me and all all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this brother was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he is found. The father grieves boldly. I think we are each called to live out grief as well. And it's it's a different type of grief. It's not a grief, right, that we we don't have hope and despair, but we grieve, I believe, because the Father grieves. And it frees us to party. It frees us to resurrection. Will you enter blessing instead of curse? And for me, that story that I just told you about, speaking out about my uh, porn addiction for the first time, that was a story of kindness. That was the story of me beginning to no longer curse my story, but bless it, but radically bless it, like God blesses me. Will you make peace with how you've sinned? Will you bless what you have historically cursed? Finally, I want to wrap up with this story. Um, I was in college, I thought I was going to marry this woman. Um, she kind of became my god, my idol. When you don't deal with pain, you look for for ways to soothe. And uh, women, pornography, began to soothe that pain. And so this woman became my idol. Um, So when you lose an idol, you lose a god, your world is crumbled. So I'm nearing the end of college, uh, break up in this, this really toxic idolizing relationship, and I feel completely lost. So I start talking to a mentor of mine, calling him nearly every day, weeping, trying to navigate my story, um, Dr. Cofield. And uh, so I'm talking to him, and the summer's coming up, and now I have no idea what to do with my life, because she was my life. Uh, And all of a sudden, he said, have you thought about, I was in North Carolina at school, he, he said, have you thought about moving to Florida this summer and living with me and my family? And I was like, no. <laughs> um, I, haven't considered, I haven't considered that. Uh, and I was like, well, let me think about it. You know, it was a little weird. Um, let me think about it. So a couple days went by, talked to him again, um, tried to change the subject, and he brings it up. Be, hey, have you thought about my offer? And again, sometimes I just say things on accident, I guess. I said, again, fairly weird. What if you don't love me anymore? That was my first thought. My first, and I just said it out loud. Again, fairly embarrassing because of how vulnerable it was. But like, that's what I was feeling because this was the, one of the only men who's ever fathered me in my life and in a sense, like took me in and covered me. I was so scared that I would do something if I lived with him that he would, that would change his love for me. That he would, that somehow... I would fail him. And I just said, what if you didn't love me anymore? What if I do something wrong? And there was a few seconds of silence. And I'll never forget. Again, this was 15 years ago. I'll never forget this. He said, Andrew. There is nothing you can do to change my love for you. I made up my mind about you a long time ago. Mm made up my mind about you a long time ago. And that, again, though I was terrified, something rested within me. I rested in his unconditional love. He showed me in that moment what the Father's love was like for me. That it wasn't based on what I did do or what I didn't do. That he loved me no matter what. It's pretty wild to think that was the summer that I accidentally met my wife. It pretty, pretty crazy. Didn't just, it's like five years of rough dating, but we worked it out. But that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that was the summer. Uh, that was the summer that we met, um, which is just wild to think about. God is working out our stories. Will you stop running from your brokenness? Will you stop running from your shame? Will you stop running uh, in your entitlement and judgment of others? Become intimate with these places of darkness because God shines in our darkness. God is made most known in our darkness. Thank you.